Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I am Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week, we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we plant the magic beans and search for the golden goose as we discuss Puss in Boots. Oh, here we are, Puss in Boots, my friend. Puss in Boots, the fifth and final film in our stretch here of uh, Shrek, Shrek films, films yep. um, which is odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's odd that we're ending on a spinoff, but yeah, it but, is what it is. Uh, you know, Andrew, my friend, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, this is going to be a fun one to talk about, to yeah. agree. Yeah, I think I think uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. There's not too much to say. I think this is kind of the it's most... It's better than Trek the Third. No, but 100%. But I think this is maybe the most... I don't want to use, use the word generic because it, I think that there's a I think this stands out uh, more than like a lot of animated films sure uh, or a lot of the family animated films like we talked about like Hoodwinked and stuff and I mean right. I've been taking shots of Hoodwinked I haven't actually seen the movie so you have been taking I, shots I, I of Hoodwinked should, I should watch not, the movie you're not a fan of Hoodwinked <laughs> and you've never even seen it I never saw it I just I just know like it's like Little River Hood yeah, yeah. Karate Kicks I, whatever but it it just like it this is kind of like. I think this is the most family friendly of all the Shrek films. 100%. Besides maybe the third one, but yes. I know even the third one had some jokes. Yeah, um, this is easily uh, the most, I guess, like broad audience net. Like yeah. they were going for everybody, yeah, and, and you could you, kind of tell. Like you, there was no. I think the difference between this and the Shrek films, though, is that the, while it is a wide net for everybody, I, I don't think it has like that emotional core that the Shrek films have. I, yeah, where there's like, where there's like a struggle, you know what I mean? Where there's it, like a struggle the entire film. It has film. more than the third movie. Oh, it has more than the third <laughs> movie, for sure. There, there's a mo- there's moments in here that are yeah. very good, but there wasn't like any point where I was like, oh, Puss in Boots is going on this no, like it's, Shrek journey it's, where he's learning about himself. I didn't really feel it's that. almost weightless. It's weightless. Bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's that's not, a good word. There's not the, the gravity to it. Right. That is in like Shrek one or two, or we even found in like the fourth one. So. Yes, um, but no, I mean, it, it's an exciting movie, beautifully animated too. Like you know, just oh, it's the, really it, well done. I think of the ones that we have covered, this is probably the best looking of them yes. all. I was gonna um, say that that was kind of one of the big things that stood out to me. Yeah. we'll talk when we, yeah, get, when we there, get there. But like, but yeah, it is a really good looking film. Yeah, it's really really something to look at. But yeah. I, I but it's funny because this is kind of a year where we had two really good looking animated films with that and Rango came out this year too, mm-hmm. in 2011. Mm-hmm. And Rango also a great looking yes. film. Yep. So kind of just a good year for like two like, you know, family friendly animated films. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, this is where they really are kind of nailing this new kind of generation of animation kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, it's like 3D, you know, stuff, you yeah. know, and uh, you know, this is obviously a spinoff of yes. the Shrek films, the first spinoff. And, I think it's the right spinoff to do. Yeah. Um, I think it's the right character that got the story, you know. I'd spin-off rather... slash, like, prequel. Yeah, it's a pre- it's a prequel spinoff. It is interesting. It's interesting to get a little bit more of a backstory on this character. I mean, mm-hmm. again, it's Zorro, you know. Oh, but... it's Zorro. All 100%. <laughs> but, like... If you put all the Shrek characters in front of me right now and say which one should get a spinoff, it's Puss in Boots. It is. Like, they made the right choice there. Yeah. Because imagine if this was a donkey film. And I love Donkey. And I love Donkey, but, but that's not a movie. No. That's not a movie. This was the right character to go with. And I think they did a really good job in the movie of kind of just um, showcasing his skill set more. Yeah. Because this is, like, to me, just a straight up kind of just adventure comedy. Yes. It's a straight up action it adventure is. comedy. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. 
but very family friendly. And I, I, you know, it blows me away every time you talk about a Shrek film because I'm like, oh yeah, there's more fairy tale characters they haven't used yeah. that well, pop up in this movie, which they, is kind of cool. They reuse a little bit, where they reuse they they repurpose one here. The goose. Uh, well, not well the goose, but also I guess, but the mother goose, a uh, Jill. Jill. Jill right. is intended right. in Shrek too. But right. they could just be a woman named Jill. It could just be a woman named Jill. You don't see Jack, but there's a there's a woman named Jill yeah. who gives him a pail of water. Yeah, but no, they repurposed Jill, you know. I mean, again, that could have just been a woman who has a pail of water, you know what I mean? But Yeah, too much of a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it doesn't really bother me, but we'll, we'll get into all of that. Yeah. Um, but let's you know, just jump into it. Let's dive in. Let's right, dive into so this. Release date, October 28th, 2011. Uh, it's funny because we talked about they had a strategy for the Shrek film, mm-hmm. films, but I guess this one's a little different. They're not too worried about that yeah i, I don't know I, I, with spinoffs too they usually take a different route it yeah. always feels like you know because obviously the shrek films were always kind of like a memorial day or like may date kind yeah. of end of may type with deal. the purpose to get into with the, the purpose to the, have the, 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 the dvd Christmas. out before yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever i like that they did an october release date for this it works it's cool yeah I, i'm well, glad I they think, did it i think that works because then it, it like it'll be out in October, but mm-hmm. it will be still out for like Thanksgiving and probably, you know, into Christmas, Christmas maybe. Christmas and everything, Some so. theaters will probably stop yeah. carrying it, but or, it'll be there. Well, this movie came out already, so I guess, it, or it happened. It but happens, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, directed by Chris Miller. So this is this is Chris Miller from the third, from Trek the Third. Boom. Again, again, this is not uh, Phil, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. This is not that Chris Miller. Yeah. This is a different Chris Miller. Yep. Yes. I was actually surprised that it was him yeah. from as we know, the infamous Shrek the Third boo. <laughs> I was surprised it was him because I was like, oh, this is like a good movie. You know, I'm not used to this from well, Chris Miller. I, I, I think it goes to show that maybe there's just more going on with Shrek the Third that we are aware of. I think, you know, it's just a weird time for movies, I think. Right. But And that's Shrek the Third stuff. But and honestly, this was probably an e- easier movie to balance overall because yeah, you don't have to worry about the Shrek characters. You kind of just have the Puss in Boots legacy character. They have more room to play. And then you can introduce all these new yeah. characters, right? Because there's only one recurring character. It's Puss in Boots. And yeah. every, they can do whatever they want with everything else. Yeah. And we'll get into it, but... Uh, and I think maybe the idea of it being a prequel and kind of giving him his own adventure was also helpful because they didn't have to worry about yeah. keeping it in the Shrek-verse. They're like, oh, this is Puss in Boots before he met Shrek. Yes. This is something we'll talk about, like the fun facts, but like, uh, you know, it helps that one, this movie was in development for a very long time mm-hmm. and we'll get there, but also, uh, you know, not for a lot of the production, but for a little bit of this production, they had a, a very talented person to give him a little bit of hand, uh, you know, oh. a, little bit of a, a little bit of a help. Okay. So, uh, you know... Um, oh, I think I know who it is. Yes, yeah. yeah. So okay, yeah. we'll get there, but yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, when you He's when, part of the cast. When you're talking, when you're working with that person, yeah, yeah, it's gonna know, be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah, you know? and this guy's so. a good director. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. really, yeah. Uh, but written by Tom Wheeler. So I don't know who this guy is. Sure. Uh, he's not. I don't think he's on any of the Shrek films. But yeah, I yeah. think he does a solid job with the story. You know, and we'll talk about the story when we get there. We'll but, talk about the story when we get there. Yeah. But it's, it's well written. Yeah. yeah. Budget. It's 130 million dollar budget. So Ooh, wow. It's still up there, but yeah, not as high as some of the Shrek films. Mm-hmm. Box office, $555 million. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, uh, it's still, I think that's good, you know. No, that's, for a spinoff film, that's very yeah, good. Spinoffs yeah, spinoffs don't tip, we talked about this with Hobbs and Shaw, because this is, I guess, like, our I, second. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you, when you uh, when you were saying the, I legitimately thought you were going to say maybe, like, 200, 300,000. Yeah. Like, I, 300 million, yeah. I mean, 500, like, that's. Pretty good. good. Yeah, that's pretty good for a yeah. spinoff. And it would be talking about, too, I think there were some Shrek fatigue 
at the time, too. This is a year later. Yeah. Literally. It's only a year later. Yeah. But, yeah, spinoffs are, tip, you know, typically don't compete on the same level as the main franchise. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, that, that, that's a that's a nice box yeah. office. Yeah, I mean, it so. outperformed, made money back. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's talk about Rotten Tomatoes sure. score. Critics certified fresh at 86%. Wow. Yeah. Critics really liked critics, it. Critics that's liked cool. it. That's cool. That's uh, cool. Audiences, they liked it too. Not as much. Fresh at 67%. So. Yeah, that's fair. I can see why. You know, yeah. it's... I'm I'm surprised critics liked it that much. I was not again was not expecting 86. percent Was yeah. kind of expecting maybe like 70 or like yeah. high 60s. I just think when it comes to like family films, I think you know maybe critics aren't as harsh. They're a little with more family, lenient. Yeah, yeah with yeah. family films, like especially if, like this. You know what it is? I think it's because kids films like. I feel like there's certain things you can and can't do in a kid's film. And if you do all the things that right and you don't cross any of those sacred lines Mm -hmm. in a kid's film, you're just going to get a good review. Yeah. You know, it's like just make sure it's family friendly. Make sure it has like some heart to it. Yeah. And it'll be good. It doesn't talk down to its audience. Yeah, it doesn't talk down to its audience and you'll be good. But if you're, you know, again, with the case of like Shrek the Third, if you put something like that out, boo, Shrek the Third. (laughs) Then there's going to be issues. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I I think there's there's solid scores and uh, I agree. I agree with them and we'll get into all that. But yeah, I, I agree with with uh, with those scores. But uh, I think why critics like that movie so much is because of this cast. I think. And let's oh, talk it's about a cast. This cast. Let's do it because this is a really uh, interesting cast to it's look good. at. Uh, starring Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots, Zach Galifianakis as Humpty Alexander Dumpty, uh, <laughs> Selma Hayek as Kitty Softpaws. Billy Bob Thornton as Jack, <laughs> Amy Sedaris as Jill, Constance Marie as Imelda, which I believe is the mom, right? Yes. And uh, Guillermo del Toro as the Commandante. Yes. So, um, so I want to start backwards and move up because yeah. Antonio Banderas, we've been talking about him for weeks. He, you know, and I know this is like his film, but like we'll get to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's Puss in Boots. We will, <laughs> you know. We've talked about him. Yeah, let's start with that uh, big name you just ended with there, <laughs> Mr. Guillermo del Toro. Yes. As any listener will know, incredible director. Yes. Very big, kind of in like the monster movie world. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously has branched out beyond that, but incredible director. Really, yeah. really cool. Academy Award winning. Academy Award winning, yeah. Shape of Water. I mean, just incredible films all along the board. Visually. Visually, just yeah. a stunning. I mean, like yeah. the costume designs in some... I mean, it's really the monster designs. Yeah. It's really cool stuff. Apparently, he loved this movie. Yeah. Well, right? And, and like, we'll, ta- we'll talk about that with... with we'll like, talk context, about it, but, but like from what I understand, he really well, liked this you idea. You mentioned to me, too, though, that Guillermo del Toro is Mexican. He's from mm-hmm. Mexico. And you t- told me that he's kind of a very big like advocate for like Hispanic filmmaking and, you know, pushing the, the blending the cultures together like a lot you know and i think that something like this like this movie has very much a spanish feel to it and yes. i can see you know obviously with antonio banderas being this incredibly famous talented hispanic actor of course spanish actor he's yeah, from spain yeah spanish actor that uh I, I i'm not necessarily surprised that guillermo del toro would feel connected to this and, mm-hmm. and want to give because this is a, at a time that a culture i don't think was as represented like, we're seeing now, I think, more, but, like, I don't think the, the culture was as represented. So, like, if Guillermo del Toro can get attached to this movie, uh, whether as a voice actor or other roles, and kind of help highlight and showcase that culture, I think uh, he's obviously, he's, he's going to do it. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, you're absolutely right. The movie 
has a very Spanish feel to it. It's got this uh, energy to it. Yeah. And the way it's just, you know, I mean, the music alone, the music is very high energy. Yeah. Very exciting. The town design, all the, the colors they use. like And maybe, look, maybe we're not the, the right people to be having this conversation. Not at all. <laughs> no, but, I you know, you have to acknowledge it. And it, it, it but it is like... It is kind of westerny, you know what I mean? Like it does have like some western elements to yes. it too, but also you know like it does feel like a Azoro film, you know what I mean? Like oh, a, that, like I, Azor, I think that's, you know, I think that's kind like, of the point of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Puss in Boots. I, I, from what we've always seen with these movies, yeah. is meant to kind of be this <laughs> parody of Zorro yeah. in a way. And it, it works so well. But actually getting to see a Puss in Boots adventure like this is just really, really cool. Yeah. And having Guillermo... We were literally talking about Guillermo del Toro and we went off on this thing. <laughs> but having Guillermo del Toro attached to that is what's so cool. Yeah. Because he has such a passion for this type of filmmaking yeah. already. And it's just cool to see him want to be involved. Yeah. And even the... I will say, just as, as well, like the voice acting he does as Commandante is very good. Yeah. Like, I really liked it. He and I was like, a, he's a, really good. An intimidation, a serious factor to the role. Yeah. Yeah, he's not somebody, like, when I, before, I, looked, I did the research for this movie before I watched this movie, and I was like, Guillermo Toro? Yeah. You know, it's, it's always funny to me when a director is involved in like an animated film and it's yes. not their film. You know, one of my favorite examples is Martin Scorsese in Shark Tale. Uh, I think uh, is, is something that I, I personally oh, really man. love. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he's just willing to kind of like make fun of himself a little bit. Well, no, but also because, with, and this isn't the Shark Tale pod- podcast, but Martin Scorsese is... And it never will be. <laughs> Martin Scorsese is kind of a very serious... Like, he seems like he takes himself very seriously. So the yes. fact that he's... I, I I know, like, you were like, oh, you're making fun of him. Like, I'm not... No, no, I, no, I think no. the fact that... Because I mention this to you all the time. I like to remind you casually... Yes. because uh, as you know, I'm a very big Martin Scorsese fan. <laughs> I, it's not that he's making fun of himself. Like, I don't care that he's making fun of himself. That's fine. No, you... you I think the issue that I have is that you like to hold that over Martin Scorsese's <laughs> head and go, this guy claims he loves cinema so much, but he's a shark tail. And you're, like, making a whole thing about him. Like, no, I, no, no, no. I, I generally actually love... Oh, him. Marvel's not cinema, but you're in Shark Tale? <laughs> Shut up, Martin Scorsese. And it's just like, come on, man. No, I generally uh, enjoy that because I think he's willing to... Because he is a... He's parodying himself because he's playing yes. off of... Like these he's monsters, kind of, he's that doing he's, the gangster thing. Yeah, that yeah. he's kind of, kind of helped build this, yes. like this like gangster film he, culture. This he's like, known for like mob films. Yeah, exactly. Like that he's kind of helped films. create this like this filmography of mobster films. Yes, I just love that he's able to get in there and have fun, and the fact that Guillermo del Toro is here doing something like this. And, yes, and his role is not as fun. Like you know, he's not the jokey character, but. No. He brings a, a a weight again a weight to this film absolutely, and he is intimidating. Um, and you you believe like Puss's fear you know of this character and everything yes. like that. So uh, yeah, I'm just really happy to see him here. And like again, I just would say I'm not surprised to see him attached to something like this because I just think he's he's also very much a fairy tale lover. Like a lot of his movies yeah. have a fairy tale uh, like culture again, like a Pan's Labyrinth. Or even like a Shape of Water, like that's kind of a traditional monster well, movie. Even, thing, but even this year, we're going to see his Pinocchio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like he is very much like this lover of. It seems like he's like this lover of fairy tales. I'm yes. really like, I can't. I don't want to speak. <laughs> no, I think you're right though. You're but yeah, right. I think that right. he liked playing in that world. Yes. So. Um, but you know, that's all I really. No, no, I don't. Mean. We we've spent enough time with Carol Del Toro. 
<laughs> well, I mean, the next one is uh, Constance Marie is Imelda. His, Puss in Boots is like adopted mother yes. or like the person who runs the orphanage. I don't have much to say about her. The character's not really used too much. Um, the scenes that she she does share with Puss, like especially at the end. Yeah, I think I think she's there to be like the emotional crux yes. of the story, yes. and that that works. She's it's not a good. showy role by any means. No, no, it's not no. a showy role by any means. It's a very like emotional role, kind of the dramatic role of the movie in a way, because she's always like you know she's supposed to be quote unquote Puss in Boots's mother. Yeah, he calls um, him. He calls her mama. He calls her mama and stuff like, and that's really cool. Um, and she yeah, her her she's very dramatic. She does a very good job. It was really cool seeing Constance Marie's name come up. If anybody knows her. Um, she was uh, the wife on... The George Lopez show, right? The George Lopez show. Um, and was very good on that show. So kind of getting to, her, to see her pop up in a movie like this is yeah. pretty cool because I feel like we just I feel like she's not around anymore and not really doing yeah. uh, much. But it was... It, I just wanted to point out, you know, she's really good on George Lopez. And it was also <laughs> just really good to see her name pop yeah, up. Yeah, and she, and she does a good job in here. Well, wait, you want to do the next two together because they're always together. Jack and Jill, let's uh, do it. Amy Sedaris as Jill and Bo- Billy Bob Thornton as Jack. This is actually, this is the second I, time we're talking about Amy Sedaris in a different role. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I almost want to put her in, you know, with like the John Lithgow thing, but it's the same franchise. Same franchise. It's a different character, but yep. it's the same franchise. Yep. So it, does, it doesn't count. Um, so uh, This is like one of the most odd, unique pairings. <laughs> you know, like if you told me, like you know, Billy Bob Thornton and Amy Sedaris would be paired up together at any point, I mean, it blows me away. Yeah, Amy Sedaris, she's great, very funny person. Yes, like yeah. absolutely funny comedian, funny, 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 and I really like her work just outside of this movie. But like yeah. in this movie, she's very good. I feel like they don't give her a lot to do. Like she's not really meant to be like funny. No, I Jack guess. and Jill are are the villains. They're the, the antagonists. Quote unquote, yeah, the antagonists, but they're not. They're not necessarily like. There's. I like the joke with like Jack just wants to keep having kids. Like he keeps talking about having kids, <laughs> and then she just and clearly like, has no like, interest. No, no, yeah. So, but I, I also like that flip that. He's the one He's that's the one that wants I want the kids. kids. Yeah. It usually would be the woman, you know. Absolutely. And like in movies, would in say, movies, yeah. right, right. But she's very, very good in the in this, and I really enjoyed that. And Billy Bob Thornton, I didn't know he was in this movie, and I'm like listening to the voice, and I'm like, I feel like I know Jack's voice. I'm like, why do I feel like I know this? And then the credits roll. And it's like, Billy Bob Thornton. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. You know, it's it just wild that they got him to do yeah. this movie. Do you know, like, the thing about Billy Bob Thornton, like, when people work with him? It is, isn't he, like, like, tanks the careers of people he works with? tanks the careers with, right? of people he there's works like a, with. There's, like, a rumor of a Billy Bob Thornton curse. A Billy Bob Thornton curse. And it seems that that hasn't really happened to anybody I think that, that that's gone away, I think. I think that's yeah. gone away. But there was a time when people were like, oh, he tanks the careers <laughs> if you work with him. But, yeah, it's, it's really interesting just to hear his voice in this because he's actually funny in this movie which is very yeah. funny because you're right he keeps doing the whole like bringing up the kids thing and he's like he's like oh I just really want kids you know we can just have all these kids running around and Jill's like I really don't want that and it's 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 a good dynamic that they that they have it kind of elevates the movie more because you know it's it's not a Jack and Jill that you would expect to see yeah and that's what makes Shrek so great is they yeah. flip it like that and they go oh you think these are like innocent kids or something or innocent people. Let's make them just the antagonist of the film and they're having some sort of personal problems going on in their life and you get to see them bicker about kids. Nobody would think that's Jack and Jill, but we get to see it. And that's what that's one of the strengths yeah. of the Shrek franchise in general. Yeah, it, it's it's a really solid, uh, you know, I like um, when they can have the antagonist, but they have like a little bit of a humor to them. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, really, really well done. So we have Selma Hayek as Kitty Softballs. Uh, I really enjoyed her in this 
She's really in, good. In his, uh, She's film. really good. Really like the character. Um, yeah. Interesting character. Great foil to Puss in Boots. Yes. You know, she has really great chemistry with Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they worked together. They did a lot of films together. Yes. Uh, probably most notably, like, Desperado and yes. stuff like yes. that. Uh, I haven't really seen that, mm-hmm. but... I know. I'd, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I have to watch it. I love Zorro, so I, I want to... You probably it. would love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they, they introduce, like, somebody who can... Like, she's actually better in a lot of ways... Then puts him through. Oh, she's she's good at her job. Yeah, like she's very good at her job of whatever that it. I, I guess kind of like quote unquote gun for hire type deal. Yeah, she's very good at it, and she's better than Puss in Boots, and that's kind of what makes that's what makes it so great because Puss in Boots likes that she's better than. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, she's challenging me. Yeah, he's and not I like threatened that. by her. He's and not I really threatened like by that. her. Yeah, yeah, he's actually he's into her because she's better than him, and yeah. he likes that. And you're right, that makes that like chemistry work so well because yeah. he's you know throughout the film we obviously see him flirting with her a lot through a lot of the there's film. a lot of like you, you can feel like the heat you can feel the heat the characters through like, an animated movie it, okay like i don't want to use this word for an animated okay. cat movie no, but please. like it's like a, a sexiness to like like the voice acting the voice yes. acting yes of the care of the of them like to each other yeah. like it you can feel it am i crazy like no no I, no like, it almost makes me feel like they were like in the same room recording yeah and i don't know if they if because usually they don't usually but, they don't do but that but you could like i'm saying you could just feel this like tension and this chemistry between yes. them yes and uh like when they are like they're having those scenes that are flirty like you really Feel like I don't. I don't feel like I'm watching an animated cat movie. Like I feel like right. I'm watching them really interact with each yes. other. Yes, yes. So you're absolutely right. There's a lot of heat coming off that voice acting, <laughs> and you can feel it. And you know what? Puss in Boots. It has a sexiness to it. You're absolutely right. There is a sexiness to this movie. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. It's fine. It has a sexiness to it. Um, and that's really cool. And again, that's what kind of makes this movie really, uh, it's one of the strong points of the movie is yeah. that chemistry yeah. Banderas and Hayek have together. Yeah. And it's just, it, it drives it to a new level. And it's something you don't see in animated movies often. I think that's what makes it stand out too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, yeah, and also they kind of use like her character for like a really interesting, like they take time to kind of talk about like, like declawing of cats too. Yes. Which is really interesting. Yes. I know that's a big that's a big uh, thing with issue. Yeah. Um that people are like very against it. Yeah. Because, you know, cats like to have their claws because <laughs> as people call it making biscuits. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They kind of just like, you know, dig their claws into things and they'll just all they do is just it, it's good for them yeah. in some way. I don't know what like But it's also if if God forbid they were to get out or whatever and they have to yes, survive and they have in the to survive. They show in this movie that, like, there's things that she can't do because she doesn't have... Yes. Claws. She doesn't have claws, hence yeah. kitty soft paws. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So. They're just fluff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really interesting character, and I'm glad that, you know, we, this is one that I know for a fact is coming back, and I'm glad that she's coming back. Yeah, she's going to be so, in a sequel. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, I'm it's really very exciting. I don't know about... And, I, and we'll talk about that more, like, next week. I don't know, like, who's returning here. I haven't really looked up... I hope we see some of these characters again, but we'll see. I know it's... I know someone who has been cast. Can I say that here? Yeah, sure. For, yeah, uh, Florence Pugh has been yes, cast I as did see that. Goldilocks. I did see that, yeah. yeah. I just didn't know, like, anybody from this cast, from this cast, oh, if from anybody this else cast is coming, like, is, is Guillermo del Toro coming back again? I'm, honestly, man, I don't even think del Toro is attached to this I don't think he movie. is, I, no. I don't think he's attached to this one, but he's been so he's busy, busy with Pinocchio yeah. that I just don't but, think he has time. I mean, and even then, Nightmare Alley? Nightmare Alley? I yeah. mean, he's doing so many things that I don't think he has time. Yeah. Because I, I, del Toro, like, okay, we're going back to del Toro, but like, <laughs> but like... <laughs> 
<laughs> it always, it always like, goes back to like, Dust Bowl. Like, in the 2010s is really when he started to take off with all these different yeah. movies. And I think at the time when he was doing Puss in Boots, he just had more time to do it. Yeah. But, you know, going into this new, you know, now that we're in the 2020s, he's so busy with all these different yeah, movies. Yeah, you're right. He's, constant, he's an Academy Award winner now. He's doing all these different things. And he just doesn't have time. So mm. I highly doubt we're going to see that character, Commandante, come back. And as far as I know, he's not attached even as, like, an executive producer to this yeah, new movie. Yeah. But, you know, regardless. We'll talk about that. I'll look into it more for the retrospective. But I just yeah. wanted to mention and it I, here. But I also don't think they've even announced the cast yet. Like, I think all we know... I think there's some. I know... Um, is, like, three of them. I, I, I forget his name. I apologize. But the actor from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, Guillermo... From what we do in the shadows. Oh, I don't know his, that actor's know, name, but name, he's, yeah. he's going to be in it. That's fantastic. In it, and I'm yeah, excited a, for that too. Great choice. Um, but yeah, uh, really glad to see some Hayek, Kitty Softballs coming back for yeah. that one. Um, but let's talk about uh, Zach Galifianakis as Humpty Alexander Dumpty. <sighs> Humpty Alexander Dumpty. <laughs> I, you know, it's one of those things where I was surprised that they hadn't used Humpty Dumpty yet yeah. in any of these movies. I think there might. There might have been a reference. Maybe there was a reference somewhere. Maybe there was like a splattered egg in Shrek well, 2. I, I think, doesn't, does Donkey say something about like Humpty falling? Yes. I think, he, yes. I think he does. You're absolutely right. I think in Shrek 2. I think he talks about him like falling off a wall or something. Yeah, something like that. But I think you're right that there is like a moment where Donkey references him. Somebody says something, I think, like, but it doesn't matter. Again, these, I don't think when they went into this movie, they were necessarily like, we need to keep everything from the lore of these movies here. I think it's more no, just... The Shrek movies don't do it because Rumpelstiltskin's in Shrek the Third, boo, boo. And also in Forever After, yeah. a completely different looking, different character yeah. oh, they give him a so, complete makeup yeah so it's it if if this was the if this movie was the first time they they did something like that i would be more upset but like they already kind of have played with that, that yeah like, i i don't think they hold themselves to that no standard, and i and i think it's is that's perfectly fine, fine. That's they're fine. fairy tale creatures yeah, who cares that's fine but yeah this is a really great portrayal of humpty dumpty yeah. very like <laughs> you know sinister like yeah. he kind of well spoilers he's the villain well, well, he's the villain, but then he kind of has like a, a come redemption. around a redemption arc in there. But it's a surprising again, it's a surprising arc for Humpty Dumpty, and you know he's the villain the whole time. Yeah, because you're like this guy's gonna turn I mean, on him. Puss in Boots straight up says like you're going to turn your back on me. You're gonna turn your back on me, and he, then he does. But I also liked the buildup of their relationship that they knew each other as children and they grew up together. And this really whole, love that flashback. Yeah, really like sent the set up their relationship, and we actually got to see like oh wow these guys. Actually, are very close. They're like brothers, basically, and that's really cool. And Galifianakis, it's an interesting role for him because he's not necessarily the funniest character. Yeah. And as we all know, like I think this is the same year as The Hangover. This might be the year Part Two came out, and it's funny because you know, again, he's he's known as Alan in there, and he's so over the top funny in that movie. Getting to see him in this and just kind of be more restrained and not really be the funny character yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. And I think he's really good at it. And everybody knows him as this wild, crazy character, but then here we are. And he, yeah, he 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 has an energy to his performance. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and a silliness, say, but he does, he's not cracking like jokes. He's not the time. joke maker no. in the movie. Yeah, he's not like constantly coming out with one-liners and quips. He's just yeah. kind of like very straightforward in a way and yeah. has a plan that he wants to execute. Yeah. And he, he does. He, yeah. he brings his plan to fruition i think galvanakis has like a craftiness to his like voice like oh for like, sure because even yeah. like, like the character of alan like you know he's kind of dumb in hangovers yeah. but 
but he's also he's crafty. Like he's crafty. He, he kind of, yeah. especially in the second one, he kind of sets all that up, or mm-hmm. what I don't really remember it. But you know, he you can kind of tell that like there's more to Humpty through Galifianakis' performance, his voice. You can tell that there's more to Humpty the character than they're, yes. than they're showing. So yes, and but it also ties into the the redemption too, where they 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 pull off a solid redemption for him. Um, I didn't get. Exactly the ending. That'll be story talk. Yeah, we'll it's talk a little. About the, it's a little confusing. I had to look up like I, I always after I watch a movie, I usually read the the Wikipedia synopsis just to make yes. sure like yes, and it miss anything. And I read something, I was like, oh, I guess I missed something. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a little, it's a little confusing, and we'll but, talk uh, about it. Yeah, we'll like, talk about that. But, but like his role is very good, and I, yeah. I'm glad that they used Humpty Dumpty, and I'm really glad that he voiced him. Yeah, he does a great job. They don't go for a lot of the obvious. Jokes necessarily, yes. you know what I mean. So yeah, great, great, good performance. I do like that whenever Humpty is like, he needs to be helped up. Whenever yeah, he yeah, start, whenever he, he starts get rolling, up. he's like, I can't get up. He's like the like, turtle. Yeah, he's like a turtle basically. Yeah. It's very funny. Um, I like that aspect. Well, then last we have the star of the movie, star of the movie, Antonio Banderas yes, as the Puss in Boots, only returning character from the Shrek franchise, Absolutely. the legacy character, if you will. Yeah, it's an excellent performance. Yeah. I mean, his energy is there. He's on point. You can yeah. tell Banderas loves playing this character god he he does three shrek movies gets this spinoff yeah and is coming back literally 10 years later to do it again you can tell he loves this character and i'm just i'm really his performance here is just so energized and like he's almost thrilled that puss in boots got his own movie that's what it sounds oh yeah that's what his performance sounds like like well we talked about with shrek too that like this that banderas like once they came up with the idea of banderas as puss in boots like yeah the character basically became either Zora or Banderas himself. Right. Like the character just like they utilize, even when he doesn't have much to do in like Trek the Third or mm-hmm. Forever After even, or like Forever After pre-alternate yes. reality, he still like has like this energy to him. Yes. And it just seems like it's definitely like, it just it almost feels like they watched Banderas and they just kind of like turned that character and used a lot of that stuff. Yep. I, I don't know. Like Antonio Banderas is Puss in Boots. Like it's, it's like yeah. stupid as that may sound. He really like embodies this character, and and yeah. and there, you're right. There is an energy to his performance. He's fun to watch. He's not necessarily again, maybe not the funniest character, but he knows how to hit those jokes. Like he like mm-hmm. his jokes are like quick. Like the quick little things. He's very quick and witty. Yeah. But he hits them so well. Yeah. And everything he does just like, I mean, and there's just vocal things he does in the movie that are really impressive. Like when they're, uh, when they're getting off the beanstalk and uh, they're using the leaves to get yeah. back down. There's just like a moment in there where Bandera is, where Puss in Boots, <laughs> not Bandera. See, that's exactly yeah, that's what it is though. It's like they're one in the same. <laughs> Puss in Boots is like surfing on a leaf and he has this laugh he does. Yeah. And I and it's like it's like ah, 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 like it gets really high and I'm and like, he crashes into and he so, crashes yeah. into the thing but like just that laugh and to have that energy level for that yep. is just so impressive because yep. seriously I really think any other actor would have just gone down and been like woo yeah. or something like he gets his energy we, level we've up heard, to just do this laugh and we've heard works. the animated movies where the guy just goes woo yeah like, and the fact that he's like so invested in this character he's like Puss in Boots would be having the time of his life doing yep. this because he loves adventure so why. Why wouldn't he have this high energy laugh like you just i love talking about this guy like <laughs> just the fact he's so invested in this character just makes it all the better i would watch his performance uh, like him in a booth for two hours 
Like yes. I, and I've seen a oh. little bit of it, but like I would watch just him in a booth for two hours. That's really what they need. <laughs> I don't know why it's not out there. They need to get like a documentary of just like filming him doing his lines because it's really it's impressive. Yeah. It's really impressive stuff. Yeah. And, and it's make it's made me like because again when, when we talked about Shrek, we talked about him a lot with Shrek too. And like you said, three and four, you don't really get a lot of Puss in Boots, and that kind of uh, diminishes the performance a little yeah. bit because you don't get a lot. Him, but I, watching this movie has made me just like appreciate his yes. performance so much more because yeah. I'm like it's unbelievable that he has this kind of energy for yeah. this character. Well, this and again maybe this will tie into like opinions, but like this movie isn't like it's not my favorite Trek film. It's not the it's not even the most it's not the most entertaining that we've talked about or right. anything like that. But this is the one I walked out of going and and maybe it's because we have seen the trailer for and we know where they're going for the mm-hmm. next movie. But I, I walked out of this going, yeah, I want to see the next one. Yes. Like I absolutely would would go right. Into the next one, absolutely. So, uh, and I think I think once they kind of set up this Puss in Boots world, there's way more to even explore oh. in the next. One. Yes, because this is this is what does Puss in Boots' life look like without Shrek? Yep, and and showing that. But yep. now that that's already established. We don't have to worry about that anymore, mm-hmm. and we can do some crazy stuff. Absolutely. So, but yeah, Banderas, we've been singing his praises since Shrek Two. Mm-hmm. Continues to give an amazing performance. Yeah, and uh, he he really. I mean, I can't say enough. He is this character. He is Puss in Boots. He is Puss so, in Boots. Really incredible. So, yeah. Let's talk about synopsis. Let's do it. Before Puss in Boots met Shrek, he was an outlaw on the run for a crime he didn't commit, and exiled from his hometown of San Ricardo. When Puss discovers a chance to get his hands on the mythical magical magic beans, he must team up with the master thief kitty softpaws and long estranged friend humpty dumpty the three must learn to work together to find the golden eggs and earn back puss's respect in san ricardo but puss soon finds that humpty dumpty may not be all he's cracked up to be shocker great synopsis thank um, you thank you yeah that's basically it that's the <laughs> you know you encapsulated it yeah. all in that little synopsis because it's, it's not this isn't a dense story no not means. at all it's a very light-hearted story yeah. um like we keep saying very like action adventure comedy yeah. they they they're able because it's not a heavy story they're able to stop the movie several times to just have like these elaborate like either fight scenes or adventure scenes yep. you know like the chase with Jack and Jill or yeah, the, the chase with Jack and Jill the, or the, the, the bar the bar fight, fight slash dance scene yeah <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get oh to that. boy oh boy <laughs> Wait till we get to pick, that, that, wait but, till we get to best scene, my friend. But <laughs> yeah, well, I'll save that for that. I was something about that, but we'll, right, okay, I'll save that. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, because of that story, they're able. And otherwise, like you know, we talked. We've we've talked about films. It's perfect three. Uh, <laughs> that stop the movie to yep. do something and it doesn't fit. But it because fit. the story allows the the film room to breathe to yep. have these scenes, right? And they're still using those scenes for character motivation mm-hmm. and character development like we learn all everything we need to know about kitty softballs in that that scene yep and again that's whatever but you know we we get to see jack and jill and their characters in that chase scene like yep. we get to learn so like it's a really great story it, it, like i said i can't say it enough it gives you know room for these great adventure scenes and uh yeah it's just it's it's simple it's yep. it's it's mainlined. Yep. Str- it's just streamlined into just here's a character, here's their goal, here's who's helping them, here's where we're gonna go. Yes, and that's what it is. And 
I think it works. Yeah, you know, I it's, agree. It's not the most complicated. It's not the best. It's not Shrek two. Oh no no but... no! This is not no 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 no. This isn't Shrek one or two. It's it's a good movie, and I would watch this again any day over Shrek third. Boo! But yeah, you're right. It is. It's kind of a. It is a simpler story. It's yeah. not as uh, dense or heavy and. Yeah. That's okay, though. You know, Absolutely. they're trying to craft out a new world here, and Puss in Boots is not Shrek. No. It needs to be different, and I'm glad that they went this direction and were like, "Let's do a prequel film where we yeah. show Puss in Boots going on one of his adventures." Yeah, that's and, exactly what this movie needed to be, and they knew that. And I think, like, if somehow for whatever reason Shrek walked into this movie, it would feel weird. It would absolutely and, feel weird. And I like, 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 why is he here? Yeah, but it just—he, I don't think he doesn't. In this, because it's also like it's a new world because it's Puss in Boots' world, but it's also like you know, we only see so much of this fairy tale world that Trek lives in. We see the swamp, we see Duloc far, far away, yeah, and that's and I guess where they go to get Arthur, and that's really it. You know what I mean? And nobody really wants to (laughs) wants that part. I mean, nobody wants to go get Arthur, (laughs) but uh. Just leaving there, but uh, we this is everything outside of it, and to and again to mm-hmm. see this like you know western type of like village or whatever yes. to you see know, that like, there's a whole world out there exactly, yeah. and and we get to explore that a little bit more, and I think that that is uh, that's really cool. Yeah, and, um, well, like even outside of San Ricardo, we yeah. get to see this beanstalk yes. in the sky, the giants we get to see the giant world, yeah. world in the sky, yeah, and that's really cool because they've never done that before, and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, here's this as well, and it's like, oh, but I could believe like I I do believe. A watch this movie and I believe that this is a character that we will meet and that we'll meet Trek one day and have these adventures right but also like this is his own world he fits in this world he fits in that world mm-hmm. but like I think it it, it, it does work it does work like it, yes. this this still feels connected it just right. would like you know if if Shrek did walk in here it's like that's a little odd I don't like you know? this yeah <laughs> but uh yeah I think uh, and maybe it helps because there's a lot more hu- this is the most humans We've oh yeah, I was going to say movies. that. There's a lot of humans in this movie, yeah. and I was surprised by that because I was like, we don't normally get a lot of humans yeah. in, uh, in the movies. Like they're there, but they're usually like scared off, or they're just not important to the story, yeah. whatever it is. This was definitely human heavy to the it, point or where, like, like there's like a, like a king or a prince or a queen, like we're thinking right, like right, fairy right. tale humans, but like these are just. People. These are just people living yeah. in this town, and that 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 was a really interesting departure from the Shrek movies because yeah. normally those people are being scared away by Shrek. Yeah. Or uh, in the case of by the fourth movie, they're just thrilled to see him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was yes. really it was really cool to um to see the, him like Puss in Boots interacting with human. Do the roar. <laughs> <laughs> um, to see him like interacting with uh, humans, so that was really cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a good story. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have much to add to that. Yeah, it's yeah. We can talk about our opinions. Like we like we we set off Mike. Like I have I don't have too much to say about this movie. Like no no, I enjoyed this movie. You know to to get into opinions, I liked this movie. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, me too. Um, I didn't love it. You know, I, I didn't love oh, it. Oh yeah, no no. Um, no but no. Uh, I think you know not to go back to it again. But like I think this sets up for a more interesting sequel. You know what I mean? So, yes. But um, it's a pretty standard family movie. You know, it hits all mm-hmm. those beats that it needs to, but it's it knows what it needs to do and it does it. It does it well. Yeah. This is where we can really kind of get into it a little bit more. Those visuals, that animation, it really brings Stellar. life to these characters. Yeah. Like really the, well and, done. And the voice, the voices, the, those like I can't. I know we just talked about performances, but like those voices, I cannot get enough. Specifically, Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek. Yep. Really bring a life to absolutely those characters. So, but yeah, the visuals, the animation here, oh, it looks so much. It better. It looks so much better. Um, it's so well done. Yeah, the, my opinion too. It, it's it's a good movie. 
I liked it. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I, as far as just like getting to like tune out for an hour and a half and watch like an adventure comedy film, it's great for that. Like yeah. you kind of just tune out. You're like, oh, this is great. You don't really need to pay attention to it too much to understand what's going on. You can always pick up what's going on by yeah. wh- wherever you tune in at. Yeah, I actually, after I watched this movie, I threw this on a couple more times, like when I was doing stuff. Yeah. Like we're just, just to have research it on. or whatever, just right. to have it on. I try to familiar myself with the movies I haven't seen that much anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, but yeah, like it's just a nice like background movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You don't need to pay attention to it. And yeah. it's it's really well like animated. I mean, like you said, it's so well animated. I mean, the chase scene alone is really good. Um, that fight scene with Kitty Softpaws is really good. There's just a lot of really beautiful that giant animation. world. The, the giant's world. When Mother Goose comes down and is like rampaging through San Ricardo is really cool. It's just, it, it looks really good and it makes you want to kind of sit down and appreciate the visuals of the movie too because you can see they actually put work into it. Yeah. Which is a nice thing because sometimes the spinoffs don't get that kind of treatment yeah. so the fact that they were like we need to make this look good really kind of helped i was like i respect that yeah. i respect that they did that sometimes when you have a spinoff like obviously spinoffs are going to be different they're going to be their own things yeah. but like like i like i mentioned with the story like this does still feel like it, this like this does feel like it's new it's its own thing but it mm-hmm. does feel like it is connected to this world it's not like you know I'm just pick a, a random thing that maybe another spinoff we might have talked about right. where like they do something completely different that doesn't really feel like it's connected to the right. franchise right. you know maybe it's some weird sci-fi elements that don't really connect anything else and uh yeah. you know uh, yeah. not talking about anything specific not talking about anything specific but uh you know sometimes the spinoffs <laughs> <Chabu. laughs> sometimes the spinoffs they get a little carried away. They get a little carried away. But this, I like messy. this. This, this uh, is, it's just that it knows what it is. It's yeah. not trying to be anything more than what it is. Yeah, you and believe that this will be in the Shrek. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, you want to do your score then? Yeah. So I gave this three and a half stars. Yeah. Um, just because I had a, I just really enjoyed it, and it was a nice escape for the day. And I was like, this is really, you know, it's good. It's yeah. good. It kept me really like upbeat, and I was like, this is nice. I like this. It's kind of you know so i gave three and a half yeah i've been back and forth on this uh i think i'm gonna go with three for right oh, now yeah, totally just because um i liked it it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a completely solid movie i just because i never saw this before mm-hmm. and it is completely different like uh i don't think there's anything necessarily bad to it like i couldn't tell you you know like a flaw in the movie really just yeah. other than like the fact that it's pretty average like, like in the world of, of family films, you know, yeah, like, I think it I doesn't think, push any boundaries necessarily. I think that's like the for sure the biggest flaw is that again I know we don't like to use the word generic, but it it, it is a little bit yeah, and it's okay to use that and, word. And it, it's it is okay a to be bit. generic. It's okay to be point. generic because it still carves out its own world and yeah. makes it an entertaining I, watch. But it, you're right, it doesn't push any push. <laughs> I almost said push push any boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't um. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't push any boundaries yeah. at all in that sense, like at like story wise or yeah. anything like that. Well, I think I think the animation does, yes. but so I that, don't think the story does. I think you know the the generic aspect of this movie is the story. Yeah, but what strengthens it is that animation is is the performances is the the world itself. Yes, that strength because this. so many other things are working. Yeah, you can kind of overlook the 
okay story. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's really my opinion. You know, there's... there's yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about uniqueness. What stands it. out to you in this film? Uh, vocal performances. Yes. Incredible vocal yes. performances. Uh, specifically, as you were saying, Banderas and Hayek. Just that, that chemistry is so, so good. The world building of this movie really yep. stands out to me. Because um, as we were just saying, just seeing a world outside of the swamp, far, far away, yep. Duloc, getting to see that there is this town, San Ricardo, out there, alive in this fairy tale yep. world they've created majorly stands out yeah even uh the use of uh some other as as we said fairy tale creatures that maybe we saw before but yeah. like actually seen full-fledged characters yeah, and, and they were never used to an extent they were never used like, to an extent yeah like there was no like yeah. oh here's jill like it was kind of just background well, like stuff. I said, or, they yeah. very easily could just say oh that was just a different jill that was a different jill yeah, exactly. right right you know what i mean so like, it, it, yeah so i think just also just uh, expanding that repertoire of these characters yeah fairy tale creatures and characters that they've been using and um doing them well you know yeah. i like jack and joe and i liked humpty dumpty in yeah. this. i thought they were done really well yeah so yeah i think those are some of the things for me that stand out i have basically a lot of the same thing you said also like i, oh, liked... I guess the animation yeah, the the other thing. yeah i mean i i i don't want to keep repeating myself right you know, it's right. this world it's this animation it's the performances I also liked uh, to see his origin, his backstory, it puts him boots oh, a little yes. bit. The one complaint, I guess this could be like a complaint. It's not really a complaint. I wasn't upset by this at okay. all. But like, and because they're also making more Puss in Boots movies, so maybe one day. And I don't, I don't know if they've said that the second one is if it's still a prequel or if it's going to be set. We don't we, really we don't know much about. We'll it. find that out again yeah. when that movie comes out. You know, at the end of the mm-hmm. year or whatever. But to look at this movie to see where he is in Trek 2 like I kind of would be interested to fill in those gaps to see how he got there yes because he is a little bit he comes in as a quote unquote like villain yeah in Trek 2 this like ogre killer this this hitman well this is like still a hero like he's still when he leaves this movie he's still a good person a good a hero like he may be on the run because they still he still has this reputation but he's overall still a good character Mm -hmm. and I mean he's basically turns good right away after his introduction right. to Trek 2 anyway. Right. But I would be interested to see, like, how did he become the ogre killer? Like, how did that... We also have to think maybe that legend precedes him. Like, yeah. maybe he's never even killed an ogre. Well, that, exactly. And that legend of, oh, Puss in Boots yeah. did that. You know, he just lets the legend grow. Yes. And he's, quote-unquote, an ogre killer. But yeah. he's probably never even met an ogre in his yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, because he's pretty outclassed by Shrek. In, I, I in Trek mean, yeah, pretty quickly. I mean, he gets yeah, he gets beat by Shrek almost instantaneously. <laughs> that it's like this guy never killed an ogre. Like you can totally tell. And I think it's I think that's the point of him is he's a good character, and this legend precedes him. Yeah. That will maybe it's that, and it, it could either paint him as a good person or yeah. a bad person. But we know this is a good character. Yeah. Whatever the legend says is what it says. Yeah. But. You know, I think he's always been a good character. And I yeah. think they're going to play with that more, hopefully, the, with The Last Wish. Yeah. And, yeah, I actually feel better hearing you even say that. I mean, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So, and, yeah, it didn't bother me, but I was just kind of like, well, how did we get, like, I was kind of hoping, if you are going to do a prequel, though, isn't the point of it connecting to where we meet the character. But I also think they wanted to leave that world open because, again, this is maybe retrospective talk, but this story does continue with Netflix, a Netflix show yep. and, and a special Netflix special and there's a short that comes with it like, yeah. there's a lot more that they did do with this character that yeah. might just not have been necessarily in movies right so right. well does this bring anything new 
Yeah, it does. It brings uh, again new fairy tale creatures to the front forefront. Let's talk about the new world I, again. I, I know, <laughs> I, I, like we're going to be repeating ourselves a lot here because it really doesn't like it's a small cast yes. of characters and it's not like really doing anything majorly new. But yes. yeah, it is. It is the world building again. Yes. I mean, that's you know, I'm not going to repeat myself much more. But I think that's we covered a lot of that. But yes. that is what's new to me. Uh, well, what is the best scene in this movie? Yeah, to me, it's the Kitty Softballs dance slash fight yeah. scene. That, first of all, that bar or, oh. like, thing, it's just a really cool environment. It's a cool environment. With all the cats. What was it called? The Litter Box? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, with all the cats. And, like, even when they start playing the music, like, it's in such a typical cat fashion. Like, yes. it's just, like, the bell is them just hitting the bell. Like, they're patting the bell the, back yeah, and forth. Yeah, they're beating the bell back and forth. Yeah, uh, calling the bell. And he's, you know, the, the you know, he's clawing the fishbone. Yep. Like, they loved the idea of exploring cat stuff. Yes. And yes. they had a lot of fun with the cat stuff. And you could tell they had a lot of fun with the cat stuff. And I think it works. I think it really works. I think works. it works really well. And I, um, I, if there's one thing I got from this movie, it's that everybody who worked on it probably loved cats. Well, I, I, I didn't put this in my fun facts, but like I know like online or... And I think... Because there's actually on the Blu-ray, there's like a whole section... Instead of like a commentary, it's like a trivia section mm-hmm. where like you can watch the movie and instead of commentary, it would just be like fun facts pop up. Right. Like, you know, the VH1 like uh, music video thing. Behind <laughs> I think, the music. I think on there, they have like something about like how, you know, instead, like they didn't, they didn't necessarily, they didn't bring cats in to observe because of the modern day and technology. They were right. able to go to YouTube and they watched a bunch of cat videos. Yeah, you could just watch cat, cat videos. videos. And they got they got it off of that. So yeah. you could tell they really studied uh, cats a lot. Yes. And uh, even like Puss in this movie, again, is probably the most cat that we've seen. Yes. But the use of that and, and, and to tie that into like this actual like this like dance battle into a sword fight type mm-hmm. of thing. And again, this chemistry between yeah. these two characters is really strong. Yep. It's really well animated. Like, she when steals his boots. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, multiple times through the multiple movie. Multiple times steals but, his boots. Um, but like when it, when he's when they're walking up the wall and then they're my favorites when when they're in the air bouncing off of each yep, other yep it's so cool it's so cool it's a really 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 well animated segment and like you said it tells you a lot about kitty softballs just in that section and how talented she is and she's very good at her job and the music is so good during that sequence too they got it's got this high energy music they're just they're dancing then they're sword fighting and then you know something will happen they stop for a minute then they go right back to it and it's just it, it's so so good and um like, I would rewatch it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I, I was like, this is excellent. And I do want to say, like, I had a... My runner-up was the Jack and Jill chase. Yeah. Because, again, super well animated, yeah. super well done. And I had that as, like, a close second because I was like, oh, this is really good. But <laughs> there's just something about that dance fight sequence yeah, where you're it, learning about the character. But also, it's it's like a cat world. And because, they're just having so yes. much fun. Because it, it does two things, right? Because we are seeing... Because we, we only ever really kind of get a taste of Puss in Boots, the, yep. like, the adventurer. Like, mm-hmm. we mentioned in Trek 2, part of one of the greatest scenes of all time mm-hmm. where he's fighting the knights, but like, go, that's go. <laughs> it's not really fleshed out. It's very quick. Yeah. We have to, we, in this movie, we get to see him being the legendary Puss in Boots, yep. the sword fighter. And this scene helps flesh that out. But also, again, like, I think I mentioned this earlier, but everything you need to know about Kitty softballs, you learn in this yep. scene. You absolutely so, do. So overall, just a really strong scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I put it up there with, the, the the movie 
Overall, it's pretty legendary. I put that scene up there like some of the best of the Shrek. Oh, agree. Completely agree. So. I completely agree with you. Like, I like it's one. It's some of the best. Like it, for me, easily like a top five scene in this entire yeah. uh, franchise. It's really, really solid stuff yeah. and really well animated. And, yeah, yeah they're, absolutely. Like, they're, like you mentioned, there's some runner-ups like the Jack and Jay, Jack and Jill chase scene. Oh yeah, even yeah. the giant, like the giant scene. Uh, you know, when they're in the Giant's world and the yeah, stuff with. I the think stuff that's, with Mother Goose. Mother and Goose the, is cool. Yeah, and um, the goose that go the, the golden goose and everything. Golden, yeah. 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 All of that really works. It, it's just not on that level no, where it's you're not, learning no. about characters yeah. through motion. That's what makes it so yeah. cool. Well, connectivity, how does this uh fit in with the rest of the franchise? So, well, it's a prequel. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's a prequel. And I mean obviously, you know, spin-offs don't really have much in that. You know, I mean mm-hmm. we Hobbs and Troll, you know, whatever, but uh Hobbs and Troll, boo. <laughs> but uh you know, it, they have a little bit more liberty. Like, I'm not going yes. to look at them as like, well, this didn't connect right to that. We get right. a spinoff. What do you expect? Yeah, it's a spinoff. But and It is a prequel. And yeah. we get to see, not the origin. Well, I guess you just get to see the origins because the flashback. Yeah, I would say but there's some origin the stuff in The origin here. Yeah. of this character, mm-hmm. where he got his boots from, and why mm-hmm. he uh, why he is the way he is. Yes. So, yeah. Anything else you want to say about connectivity? or? Yeah, I think um, you kind of just said it. I think it fits in the franchise because it is this prequel where you get to see Puss in Boots become the adventurer that we know and love and why he is the way he is and i think they did it super super well in this movie and it it kind of like i finished the movie and i was kind of like i can't believe it took them this long to get back to this like to get a sequel you know 10 years later like this i'm like i kind of wish but i think part of it like you said is shrek fatigue maybe at that time but i'm really glad they're coming back with a sequel and i think that they i think that anything that they wanted to do they could accomplish on Netflix through the Absolutely. TV show through yeah. the, you know. well I forgot about that too Yeah, because yeah. again there's the TV show yeah. and, and that's I, not Banderas and it, it's probably a little cheaper because they don't have to pay Banderas right it's probably you cheaper know. but I imagine the animation also isn't on the level of probably what not. we expect so it's kind of probably I'm going to try to watch some of that for the retrospective yeah I might maybe um, like the first five episodes or yeah. something just to check it out but well, um, first five episodes are included on my ultimate <laughs> the, my spectacular collection oh it's an incredible so. collection but yeah no I think that's all I have to say about connectivity yeah. Yeah. well is this a worthy continuation of the franchise oh 100 percent. yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely i'm glad like i said this was the direction to go and they did it they did it well yeah it's it's not like i said it's not on the same level as the first two and and maybe not even the fourth one but Mm -hmm. again maybe this sits better because we had a a low yeah yeah track the third well well, that uh, became the bar yes where we were like nothing can be worse than this And these last two movies we've done haven't been. No. You know, and Shrek Forever After was a was a great watch. Yeah. We ended up enjoying but it a lot more. Even if that third one wasn't there, it's still a good movie. Like, even if this was the worst movie in the franchise, it's still a good movie. Oh, yeah. This yeah. could have... Yeah, I think if Shrek the Third was... Boo. I think if that was where it needed to be... Yes. And we got Forever After the way it was, and that was where it needed to be, and then we got this... I would probably have this ranked last and just be like, oh, it just wasn't... But, like... I would still be like, it's a, it's good, a good movie. movie. It's yeah. a good movie, and I would rewatch this absolutely. again. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, we talk about like rewatchability. Like this has a rewatchability. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Before we get into the future of the franchise, my friend, let's do some casting and some fun facts. This is where I can talk more about. Uh, we kind of walked around it a little bit earlier. 
Uh, Guillermo del Toro, obviously in yes. this movie, we yes, talked about him. Uh, he became involved with this film after uh, you mentioned the kind of the things he's been working on. Mm-hmm. He uh, was supposed to be involved in a very big franchise. He was supposed to take over the reins of the Lord of the Rings franchise, and he was supposed to direct The, the Hobbit. Hobbit. Yes, and he exited. So after exiting the Hobbit, yes, I knew this very quickly after exiting the Hobbit, or not not very long after exiting the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. He was invited by the crew to watch an early screening of this. Um, it was, you know, it was like not, it wasn't completed by any means. No, no, but it but was, yeah. He watched it, he loved it, and he asked if he could be involved somehow in the production. So apparently it was his choice wow. to kind of get involved in so this. So he was just taken with it. You know yeah. what it was? I think he, he, he probably really wanted The Hobbit. He gets out of that and he's yeah. probably feeling a little down. Yeah. Then he goes in, watches Puss in Boots, and goes, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Like, well, I, I, th- I need something fun I to do. I think The Hobbit was. Well, he, I think it was his choice to leave. It was his choice. To, look, we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. We'll Rings. talk about it when we get there, but I will just say now, it's one of the biggest fumbles of all time yeah. because that, that would have been, been incredible yeah. and it's one of the biggest fumbles. But no, I think it's really cool that he wanted yeah. to be involved in Again, this. Again, I, I think it's that, I think it's a combination of the, of the, the culture and I think it's a combination of the fairy tale elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he signed on as an executive producer in September 2010. So not that long before the movie actually you know, like a little over a year before the movie yep. comes out. So not super, super involved, but still, you know, when you, he's your executive producer and you can, and we'll talk again yeah. in the fun facts, we'll talk about more about that. But you know, if you can, um, ha- you know, have him to bounce ideas off of like, that's a great person to do that. Yeah. You, know? you want that. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, uh, Chris Miller had stated that, you know, they, they did work out a system with him, with Del Toro where he could, uh, kind of come in, uh, once every few months and he was always available to bounce ideas off of. And he compared his involvement to having their own film school. So that's, so that, cool. that's he's a great, that's guy. So he's, cool. he's a great one to have. That's so for cool. That. Uh, but this was also the fifth pairing of Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek. So we mentioned that there is this chemistry. Fifth pairing. Yep. Good Lord. Yep. So there's chemistry there, mm-hmm. you know, it, it works. So let's talk about our other fun facts. So. The film had been in development since 2004. Wow. Uh, due to Chris Miller, who worked as a head of story in Trek 2, mm-hmm. uh, being a big proponent of making a spinoff film for Puss in Boots because of his love of that character. So it was initially planned to be released in 2008 as a direct-to-video film titled Puss in Boots, The Story of an Ogre Killer. So I think oh, that would have been... That's interesting. Maybe a little bit more of a direct yeah, yeah. prequel of how he got to be there. That's interesting. Um, but by October 2006... So two years before the movie was supposed to be released, mm-hmm. the film was actually reslated as a theatrical release uh, because DreamWorks felt that the character deserved more. So this is kind of a Toy Story 2 mm. situation, too, because Toy Story 2, and again, we'll get there. We're going on a lot of tangents, but whatever. Uh, Toy Story 2 was meant to be, you know, like a direct-to-video thing, and then they were like, oh, there's more here. Let's let's expand on it. Right. And I think that's what this... Because this very easily could have been right. a direct video 100%. movie. 100%. And it still probably would have done really well because kids loved this I think character. people would have bought it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the, the filmmakers made a conscious decision to make the world feel less like that of the old Trek movies and instead going with a more traditional Spanish feel with warmer, more orange colors. So I think that helps mm. provide too. And also... That's what makes it better. Puss in Boots being orange helps that as well too. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, that's what I mentioned. It does have that feel yeah, to it. Yeah, it's got that... Yeah, they nailed it then. They yeah. nailed, that's what made the animation pop. Uh, Antonio Banderas participated in a viral marketing event for the film by posing in photos of himself at a screening surrounded by cats. I'm pretty sure... Good for him, man. I think I saw this once where... I didn't look this up, but I'm pretty sure it's like him literally in a movie theater just... That's incredible. Look, good for him, man. That like that guy when you when he believes in something, he'll do whatever it takes. Good for him. 
This was the first theatrically released animated prequel and spinoff. So, both. Yeah. First theatrically okay. released animated prequel and first theatrically released animated spinoff. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Just really quickly, too, uh, just going back to Antonio Banderas in the theater with Cats. That's, like, on the level of, like, Seinfeld when he was promoting B-movie. <laughs> and he flew over New York City in a B-costume. You will never miss a chance to talk about that story. <laughs> I, I can't believe it still to this that, day. That's your Scorsese Shark Tale thing. That's my Scorsese Shark Tale thing. Jerry Seinfeld in a B-costume flying over New York. Chris Rock is down below going, There's a bee up there! And Jerry Seinfeld's flying over going, Whoa! <laughs> It is, it is unbelievable that that exists and it's out there. Find it on YouTube. You'll find it. I just wanted to say that. No, you're absolutely right. But it's on that level. Uh, in the cat cantina scene, there were 30 different types of felines, which is really cool. Ooh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So, but going back to Guillermo del Toro, and this is why I talked about, like, his, I think his importance, and, and, and that's why I mentioned, like, you know, the culture and everything. Yeah. But he pushed for the character, uh, well, first, before we even get there, he pushed for the character of Humpty Dumpty to be more like Da Vinci. Yeah creating different inventions such as the flying machines so that's all like wow that's that's a big part of humpty dumpty and yeah. that's that's all del toro good so, for him yeah oh my gosh uh, and del, del toro apparently also rewrote the ending of the film in order to redeem the character of humpty dumpty and strengthen his relationship with Puss and del toro did a lot del, then yeah as i'm he saying was very involved you're like, it's only like a year before the movie comes out but it sounds like he his impact is felt on this movie. yeah wow also he also helped design like the giant's castle aesthetic and the architecture of San Ricardo, viewing it as a um, amalgam of Spain and Mexico. So that that wow. is that that is that Mexican Spanish culture is yeah. there. So he really was yeah. involved in this. Yeah, yeah. Del, no, that's, that's really cool. That's I what didn't I mean, realize like, that Del Toro really pushes that culture and like you know it's not it does not hit over your head. You right. know what I mean? But like. He knows how to blend it in there mm-hmm. and, and have that, that feel, that aesthetic. So right. I think it really works. I didn't realize like it was that level of yeah. involvement. Because you, sometimes you hear executive producer well, yeah. and they step in every few months and they'll just go, oh, change this, change it. The fact that he did all of that, yeah. and again, you feel his impact in the movie is yeah. incredible. He really was invested and that's yeah. cool to hear. Uh, well, I, like I said, I it just, also just uh, makes you have like a higher opinion of him because you're yeah. like, when he's involved in something that he believes in, he well, goes for well, it. Well, that's why, you know, and again, I'll try to look into more of this for next week for sure, the retrospective sure. and when we finally eventually one day do uh, The Last Wish mm-hmm. but like I really hope that in some way he's he's like involved like even even if it's even if it is like he's listed as executive, executive producer and he didn't do too much mm-hmm. I hope he's because you, you, you can looking back on this you can feel his stamp on this yes, movie and I absolutely. want I want that to continue but we'll see mm-hmm. well my friend let's talk about the future of the franchise should there be a sequel to this? I would, yes. I would yeah. want one. I would absolutely want one. We're getting one, and I'm glad they're doing it. Again, I would. I think it would have been better, though, if uh, we got one sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah. But I, I almost think maybe this this time difference it might actually help the movie too well. Yeah. Well, I think because also it gave them time for animation to change, too. And yes. you mentioned that, you know... It does look they're kind of doing the, the oh like the Spider Verse type they're of thing. They're doing a Spider Verse. Yeah, deal. like I yeah. saw people online kind of comparing it, calling it like two point five D. Yes, where like like the characters are three D, but, but the, background like the backgrounds is like are kind 2D. of or even like almost watercolorish yes. at times. And then it, but like, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it looks so good. It looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's a benefit of waiting so long, right? For the technology to animation has caught because up. in that way it doesn't feel like you know because. We're gonna, you know, I'll I'll talk. We'll talk more about the show and stuff mm-hmm. when we watch it, or I'll or at least I'll watch it 
going into retrospective. Right. Uh, and I feel like that is more of the same, you know what I mean? Like, not good or bad, but the same. Like, you right. know, generic type of, you know, the standard animation that we're used to. And this pushing that animation. I like that they waited to, they could push the animation absolutely. of that. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think there absolutely should be one. I'm, I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, so. I can't wait. What do you want to see in the future? Yeah, uh, again, that's so hard to say because we know what this next movie is going to be. But if we weren't going to have The Last Wish and they had to go kind of like a different direction, I kind of like the idea we had of maybe like building that legend of Puss in Boots more and, and doing the thing where maybe we see that he is a really good person, but letting his legend precede him like maybe he he does something good because he is still an outlaw because he is still an outlaw but there's maybe this like thing where maybe he takes on some of the negative aspects of that legend and is like i'll accept it i you like i save this town but i'll accept the negative repercussions of it and i'll be and and i understand i'm on the run as an outlaw we maybe we get to see more of those adventures you know and whatever happens happens and we get to see that legend grow more like i think that's the direction you would want to go i think it's um it's great yeah. yeah i you're right it is hard to uh to differentiate from what we're getting yeah. i just said i what what we're getting looks interesting to me it, it that looks, looks like a good story that story <laughs> of him like losing his nine lives or being on his ninth life that's kind and, of compelling yeah i think that that's really and yeah. also it it's a great with the cat trope of of having nine lives, so, nine lives, yeah, and having to find this last wish to get them back. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's kind of what I now knowing that it's what that's I want to see. Kind of what you want to see, yeah. right, right. Um, and in what franchise star would you add to this franchise? Again, kind of hard because we know people who are going who to are be, going in the to be next involved. One. Yeah. Um, oh man, because Shrek uses so many great, and and we've gone through so many. I, I think I would I would go maybe like Oscar Isaac. I think it's a good choice. Yeah, he's, I think somebody like that yeah, would be really good. Or Oscar Isaac, or even better, just because I've been like loving all of his work recently, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I. You know what? That's, cool. a, that's a really good choice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to so, switch it to that. So I was thinking like. I, I like the idea of like having somebody like Guillermo del Toro, who is this this Mexican director, yes. but this also kind of like icon almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like not maybe known for uh, acting, but right. still like I like the idea of having you know whether it's Hispanic, Spanish, uh, Latino, whatever yeah. character or, or actor mm-hmm. you know going in. So I looked at kind of a list of those and. Yeah. I th- Javier Bardem. Ha- yes, Javier Bardem I think, is very I think good. Would be interesting. That's kind of like a legacy choice, like a legendary actor yeah, choice, yeah, well, which he, I like. I think he could bring a, again a gravitas to yeah. a role. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but I, do you think that balances out like Antonio Banderas well? Because I feel like Banderas and Selma Hayek are already that. Yeah, like kind of like the the yeah. the gravitas. That that's why I was kind of going with maybe like a younger well, like think... actor like who's really starting to break yeah. out type deal. I think you know you it, it, not to challenge you. No, but I'm no, just, no I'm but I, it all depends. On the role, right? I think yeah. maybe, maybe a small role, like like a mentor role, almost. You know what I mean? Mm. Kind of coming in and you know, like an experience, kind of been there. Like I almost even thought it's about, kind of like the Mask of Zorro because doesn't well, he have like a mentor? Well, in so that? I almost even thought about saying Anthony Hopkins mm. because that's Anthony Hopkins in the Mask of Zorro. Is oh, that's very he funny. was Zorro right. before, and he gives Banderas. Anthony Hopkins was Zorro, and he gives Banderas the role of Zorro. Anthony Hopkins that. was yes. I haven't seen that movie in yeah. forever. Is that true? Yes. A white Englishman? <laughs> wow, that's wild. That's real. Andy I didn't. Hopkins I haven't seen that movie in a while. Zorro, wow, that's and crazy. And he gives Banderas the role. The role of wow, Zorro. That's yes. crazy. That's, um, that's really. So, but something. I thought about saying Anthony Hopkins because that's literally his role. But I said Anthony Hopkins were one of the other Shrek movies. Right. Right. 
I, I think Forever After or whatever. Or no, I think it was for the third. Shrek the third. Boo. But hey, boo. <laughs> um, I thought about saying him because it is a good nod. And it, right, that, that could sure. be this legendary actor coming in. But yeah. no, you're right. I think, you know, Bardem. But I, I really like, you sold me on Pedro Pascal. If I yeah. had to pick of the two, Pascal. Nice. So, well, my friend, do you want to rank these films? Let's rank them. All right. Uh, we have uh, five. Five films. This yep. is the fifth film. Let's start at number five, my friend. What is number five? <laughs> Shrek the third. Boo! <laughs> oh, number four. Puss in Boots. Yeah. Uh, it, it, again, and we talked about this with Truck Forever After. Like, I think it, I like that movie more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's. I always feel bad when like the second to last movie is, or, or even the last movie, is still a good movie. You know what I mean? What, the last movie here is not a good movie, but the second to last movie is. Yeah. I think it's a good movie. It feels like I'm not trying to put down P- Puss in Boots, but like I think what came before this is just... It's, it's too strong. It's too good. And look, and we've already said this is not a bad movie. This no, is a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, and I mean, we can do what we did uh, that week with. I think it was uh, last week, or maybe you did it the week of Shrek the Third. Boo! We can say Shrek the Third. Oh, it was Pitch Perfect. Oh, Pitch Perfect. Okay, maybe it was Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect Three is ranked fourth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Shrek the Third ranked sixth. Five is an open slot, and then we go <laughs> Puss in Boots at four. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well then, yeah. So, Puss in Boots. So, number three. Uh, Shrek Forever After. Yeah. Number two. Shrek. And a number one. Shrek 2. Yeah. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind about yeah. that. And, um, and, you know. and, and, again, and we kind of went into it, and I was like, well, we'll see. Because I, I was prepared to maybe like Puss in Boots more than Forever After, because I wasn't yeah. sure what was in there, you know? Because yeah. I could, we could have gone into this, and it could have been this emotionally compelling thing. Yeah. We walked out like, oh, my God. But I like the ranking of fourth for this. Yeah, I yeah. think it works. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah. If I you came in here like Puss in Boots number one. No, like, whoa, no, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, no. But I was I was prepared for potentially going over forever yeah, after. Yeah. But I like this ranking. I think it works perfectly at four. Yeah. I think it's very uh it's snug right in there. Well, uh do you have any other things you want to say about Puss in Boots or anything uh, I know other if you have final thoughts. Sure, if you have I, I it's been years now, but I think this is a as good a time as any to revisit this film especially since we have one coming up in October this is like as good of a time as any to revisit this film familiarize yourself with this character Um, because I feel like maybe again made a lot of money but maybe there's uh, quite a few people who haven't seen this movie because I know I didn't see it when it came out and this is the first time I watched it and I really liked it so I would highly recommend watching this one if for anything to prepare yourself for the last wish (laughs) if you're planning on seeing it yes just to see the the chemistry between uh, Hayek and Banderas, which we're going to get again. With uh, Yeah, we're going to see it again with The Last Wish. Really so, looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, I would yeah. say this is like as good a time as any to revisit this yeah. film. Yeah. That's basically how I feel. You know, it's yeah. a solid movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's a good, it's a good, you know, it does what a spinoff needs to do. Exactly. It does what a spinoff needs to do. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So I'm excited because now this is the last film in this franchise. Oh boy. We're going to be going into a special, uh, should I call it a Shrek retrospective? (laughs) I think that's fair. Uh, We're going to be going on to a Shrek Shrek (laughs) retrospective. You can't even say it. I can't even say it. Don't worry, I got you. I'm drunk. But uh, yeah, our Shrek retrospective, our, yes. our Shrek retrospective yes. episode. I'm really excited to talk about that. You know, really getting into uh, this franchise, the and, nitty I mean, gritty. We we got a. Uh... We're gonna tell you right now. <laughs> like, there's very. I think the potential of this is we're probably gonna hit three out. Like, we're going back to a big episode <laughs> yeah. here. Yes. Like, we're the probably gonna hit Pitch Perfect. The before, before trilogy and even the Matrix, even the Matrix, yeah, really wasn't that big of a on the retrospectives, yes. you know. But Terminator, Fast and Furious, a lot there. Shrek, we, 
We long for the days to yeah. go back to our well, Fast and Furious and Terminator. I love like sitting in a room with you, my friend, yeah. and just getting into this. Yeah. I love when we have a lot to talk about. Doing the research on it may not be the most fun, but yes. But once you know, we talk about it, a lot to talk about. Uh, that that extended franchise. Yeah, uh, this is, is gonna, which is one of my favorite elements oof. to talk about. Is probably the biggest extended franchise we've yeah. ever done. Yeah, I think my notes is at like thirty plus pages. So yeah, maybe it's good that we're kind of warning the fans <laughs> yeah, now, like, hey, yeah. probably a three-hour, probably plus episode <laughs> coming your way. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We'll see because we do all the editing, so, well, all the and, editing and after and certain things. We uh, we're going to have more conversations about certain things. I mean, we'll be in this room for four hours. <laughs> we'll see what <laughs> yeah, comes out yeah, of yeah. it. But, but we'll I mean, be here for four certain hours. things, like you know, and we've already kind of, I you know. Little tease, not gonna say what it was. I showed you something last week. You sure did. Uh, Give me a little Tokyo tease. In in uh, anticipation for yes. next week. Yes, you did. Uh, and that's probably going to be a longer conversation yep. Yep. Uh, about that. Yes. Um. And and no, it's not. No, it's not Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life. That's not what. It, that's not what it, you would argue. We will be that. talking about that. <laughs> but, uh, we will be talking about. But now I showed you something else. We will be talking about yes. that next week. Oh boy! And that, that's gonna be a longer conversation. But like some of the video oh, that's games, gonna, that's gonna be a conversation. Oh my god! Some of the video games are gonna be like, oh, it's a video game. We're done. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But. But yeah, there's a lot to talk about mm-hmm. here, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to it. So yes. uh, yeah, so make sure you come back next week yeah. and check that out. Please, so. it's going to be a good one. <laughs> well, it's another episode in the books. We complete the last film in the Shrek franchise, but it's not Ogre yet. As next week, we will be back for our special Shrek retrospective. Can you say that? Shrek retrospective? Shrek retrospective. You Thank did it! You oh, did it. perfect. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I didn't want to say it and mess it up. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you, Tony. And we appreciate everybody for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search FranchiseMe, one word. And you can send us an email, FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, where each episode we break down all of the franchise movies in a year. We recently dropped our 2018 episode. Check it out. It's really good. We're really enjoying the series, and I hope uh, people check it out and really like it. Uh, Don't forget to check out our website, FranchiseMePodcast.com, where you can see all our episodes and uh, leave comments and all that good stuff. We'll see you next week for our big old Shrek retrospective episode, our Shrek retrospective. Yes. Donkey.